It's funny, it's one of the same questions I, I, ha I, I offer to the patients that I see as a chaplain at the hospital, is, are you ready? Are you ready to die? But it's, are you ready to see the Lord? Are you ready to see Jesus? Spiritually, um, it's really kind of the same issue. Are we in such a place in our life, whether he's coming back, to, um, you know, fully bring his kingdom down or we're going um, to see him because we're, um, our time is up here on earth. Spiritually, it's, this, it's actually kind of the same question that we have to ask ourselves. Are we ready? Where are we in our lives? Not so much are we ready, you know, you know I, that you want more time or less time. It's are you ready spiritually? Where are you in your relationship with God? Um, Lent, Lent, sorry, Advent, I jumped halfway through our liturgical year there. Purple does it to me, because purple, for those who, have, who are familiar with it, we do purple both at Advent and as well at Lent. Um, part of that reason is the color the purple color is very symbolic. It is um, um, symbolic of of of, um, of being penitential. It's a penitential color, but it's also a royal color, and it's really reflective, particularly in Advent, of of Jesus coming as King. Messiah, but as king. And so that's part of why everything has kind of been changed to purple um, with that. And that's part of that symbolism that we have. But in Advent, it's all about that time of the year to pause and reflect. Because I'm saying, are we waiting well? Are we waiting well? It's a time of waiting expectant waiting, but waiting nonetheless. And that's kind of, as I heard one person say, that's kind of what the church is doing, is we're in this season of waiting, waiting for him to come back. But how do we get by? How do you wait well? And during Advent, it's a wonderful time to pause and be reflective on that, to say, am I waiting well? Am I ready because we don't know, um, we don't know when he's coming back. Um, no one knows. Jesus didn't even know. That's what he said in, in the scriptures from last week, actually, was, you know, don't know the time or not. Only the Father does. We don't know when it is. But we know that we can get, um, that we'll recognize it when he's here. I had that question a couple of years ago. Um, you know, there's always, you're, you know, all these times when you were wondering, when is he actually coming back? Um, a couple of years ago, we were about six months, four to six months into the pandemic. Um, and it was in the summertime. And around here, we not only had the pandemic um, that we were trying to get our, our minds wrapped around, because we still had no treatment. We had, 
we had no way of knowing, we didn't really under, even understand the disease. But, um, but then we had massive fires down here. We had all the protests going on. Um, there were tornadoes going on, earthquakes, and it was really crazy. And at one point, when the fires were so bad, um, and everything turned really dark and orange, and it was this really, um, it was that feeling of, is this what they're talking about in scripture, <laughs> of what that is? And I had so many patients when I walked around that day ask me, is this the end? Is this really the end? All these things are happening. Is this the end? And my question then, as it was now, if it is, are you ready? Because waiting is hard. It is so hard. Harder still when we live here in this very fast-paced place. I mean, anywhere in the country. But we've come to expect things instantly. Just this week, God, God gave me a real, a real point to bring this home to me. I was, I'd gone up to Redwood City to see um, a doctor and went in, um, saw the doctor, didn't have to wait for her, um, came back out, got, got in my car, and it wouldn't start. Everything I tried, it couldn't start. So, got out my phone and called AAA. I've been a member for 30 plus years of AAA, and it's like it's only 12.30 in the afternoon. It won't take them long to get here. Well, you know, it looks like you're going to need a battery, and the wait for that is about three and a half hours. It's like, it's like oh, please, you've got to be able to do something for me. Nope, three and a half hours. It's like grand. I had to sit there for three and a half hours and wait, and wait, and wait. Once they got there, they were done in 10 minutes. But, um, and I have a great new battery in my car now. Um, but waiting is hard. And sitting there, it's like, why do I even have to do this? And, and then I heard this voice, you know, listen to me. And, I, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. I've got this book, this book that I've been reading um, for Advent of this. It's like, I have time to read this now. I hadn't had the time to even hardly pick it up. But I had the time suddenly. But it's hard to wait because we're impatient to get to the next thing. It's like, I'm afraid if I'm waiting here, I'm missing out on something else. And we probably are, but it may not be the better thing. Our Christian walk is centered around waiting. Waiting for Christ's return when he will bring the righteousness and justice and will reign over all the earth. But until then, the, the, the walking and the waiting is difficult. And we're kind of called to live differently than, than the rest of the world as Christians. Because they're saying, how, saying that we have to be ready. That waiting doesn't mean just sitting around doing nothing. Waiting, waiting well is being ready. So always working on that relationship with God and what that looks like. So how do we wait 
And why do we wait, even in this 21st century, in this post-Christian Silicon Valley that we have? So in answering this, you need to turn to scriptures. You know, it's interesting, today's scriptures, um, ironically, the, the one that is almost the most health, hopeful is actually Paul's letter, which isn't always the case. But when he mentions the word hope and encouragement more than three times in just those few verses, you know that he's realizing that we kind of need that. But verse 4 in what we heard today, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So in these scriptures, keep turning to this is where we find the hope and the encouragement. And that everything that was written before us, and all of this was written well before us, um, is how we learn. Isaiah paints this picture of hope, of a change that will come. And he talks both about Messiah's first coming as well as um, when he comes um, the second time. All, all together, he does that. Because um, you catch this picture of what it will be like um, this hope that we have looking forward, because we know the Messiah has come. Jesus has come the first time, right? It, it's not that um, we don't know about that, because he has come, and that's why we believe in him and follow in him, because of his ministry that he had. But we need to have that hope to keep waiting well. And so this picture that Isaiah point, um, paints for us it's talking about the impossible. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. These are um, animals that are, that are prey and, and, and food <laughs> um, um, for each other. And they don't lie down together. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear, the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, as the, just as the waters cover the sea. There is going to be different, and you, we won't have that fear and the pain and all that that goes with that. It will be a very different world. That's one of the, um, the pictures that Isaiah paints in today's scriptures. And then we move on to Matthew. Um, Matthew 3, when John the Baptist is coming. Now, he, as um, a prophet, um, you know, the people were very interested in the fact of how he came prophesying about what was happening. They hadn't been hearing much about prophets. Um, the last of the, of the Old Testament prophets were, um, you know, some 400 plus years earlier. 
Um, and so John the Baptist comes in and um, he's preaching out in the desert, in the wilderness of Judea. So people have to go out to him, have to go out to the dry and arid lands. It says, you know, he's the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John was very different, as we all know. He kind of dressed strangely compared to most leaders in the Jewish, in the Jewish nation. He, um, actually, hold on. Um, he dressed differently than, than, than the leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He looked different and he was speaking um, a little bit different. But everyone came out, even the Sadducees and the Pharisees. What did John the Baptist say to them, to them when, when they came out? Um, he turned, and the biggest thing that he said was verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. That repentance that we did when we became believers in Jesus, we became followers of him, when we became Christians, it was through repentance and then, and then the Holy Spirit help, is helping guide us. But it is still through that repentance. And he's saying that there needs to be fruit that comes from that. And so when we're waiting, that is part of, um, that is part of where we have, to, we have to go. We have to live life like we, like we mean it when we do repent. And in the season of repentance, it's this reminder in the season of Advent, it's a reminder that if there's places that we need to repent, that something that is kind of in the way between us and God, something that we need to turn away from and kind of go in the other direction, now is that time when we're, we can pause and say, okay, God, what is that? How do I become, how do I produce fruit to show my sense of re that I really do mean this, that it's not just words, that I believe it and my life is transformed because of it. That's waiting well. So that's kind of that first, that first way of waiting well is through repentance. And for the other ways, a kind of drawing that from the Romans passage, which is so rich in all that, um, that it was talking about. That the strong, those who are, who are currently strong to help those who are struggling, to bear with those who are weak. We all take our turns. There's times when, when we're stronger in, in our walk and times when we're weaker. There's times when we are in such a wilderness or desert in our life and kind of feel spiritually dry, that it's then that those who, um, who are not in that same spot can come alongside and be encouraging. Um, and so we always need to be um, watchful of those that are around us. If, how can we be helpful? Jesus many times reached out to those who were hurting. The woman at the well, her life was just 
going crazy. Um, you know, she was just making, you know, bad choice after bad choice. And he came to her and saying, you know, I know, you know, that you've been doing this, but there's, there is a better way. I, you know, I can offer you something more. Um, so we, uh, waiting well is to be willing to help those who are struggling. And as we struggle, to be willing and open to let someone help us which is also kind of hard. Another way of waiting well is to find ways to accept one another, whether we agree with what they believe or not. We are a testimony of our faith when we walk um, in our repentance as we produce fruit. And it, so it doesn't matter what, interact, what other people believe, um, we will always be a testimony to that um, as long as we walk humbly um, in that way. And the last one I'm going to talk about today that, that Paul talks about is to worship God as a community. I'm kind of paraphrasing that. He's saying, you know, be with each other with the same attitude that Jesus had when he worshipped God. <laughs> you know, be with one another. To worship God as a community of who he is, of not forgetting who he is, and to come together as one. I don't know if any of you saw the headline in today's um, um, Mercury News. It's the headline, A Shift in Faith. Um, question mark. And it's like, with a the pandemic, there's a lot less people coming in to the churches. Um, and they're saying, you know, what, because, um, well, actually, the headline is massive drop off in attendance during the pandemic has religious leaders reevaluating roles as they adapt to congregants' new needs. It's not exactly what the article says. It's saying that people have gone different ways. Some, some have chosen to completely stop putting anything um, online because um, they want that the purpose is to gather. Um, and God tells us that if at all possible to try and gather, whether it be outside, inside, with doors open, however that can be, or with masks on, but to gather and worship together. Some have chosen to do that. And in those ones, they've actually grown. It's the ones that um, have chosen to do multiple different platforms um, have actually seen a drop in attendance and in finances. But it's the ones who still gather in person that it's not. Um, but that question, a shift in faith, I don't think it's so much a shift in faith as much as a shift in how you worship is what that was about. But... But it's a question that we all have to have. To have. It's like, um, how do you wait well? And one of the ways is, is and it's, it's, God says this in multiple places, and I've just talked about the one that Paul did in our scriptures today of worshiping together, worshiping as a community. Remembering his promises. 
promises that there is more to come, there is better to come, um, of having our eternal life with him. Yes? That remembering his promises helps encourage us in those hard times. Because we never know. We never know. I was um, talking with a patient, patient's family. Um, I was with them um, as, as their loved one was in the process of dying. And I was with them, um, and we had prayed together. And we were talking, and she made the comment. Um, initially, she said, I'm not ready for her to go. But she said, however, it's not my decision. And, you know, we were talking about that. Then we were talking a little bit more about um, the Bible. And she was talking about that, you know, her, her dad had gotten to the point where he didn't really believe that, what, that the scriptures were true, that the miracles really didn't happen. You know, it was all kind of campfire stories and this and that. And, and it's like, yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. And we had kind of a silence. And I made the, and then I just gently put out there, I have seen a miracle or two in my life. And she looked at me and she said, so have I. I, I really have. And she goes, sometimes I think that means I have more to do because I have to share that with people. She goes, that's hard to do. I said, yeah, that is kind of hard to do. That is kind of hard to do. So in the season of Advent, whether you're in a time of wilderness or a time of, of joy um, or somewhere in between, because who knows? You may be having a hard time in your life. I'll be honest with you right now. I, um, many of you know that um, some years ago I had a miraculous healing in my, in my life. Went from being um, um, in a wheelchair to being able to walk again and everything that you see me doing these days. Um, a, a while ago... They, um, I started having symptoms that made us begin to wonder, and um, I've started having to have a bunch of tests to see if that illness has come back. And while the jury's still out, we have some I have had some very, very odd results of tests, and so I'm seeing this specialist and this specialist and looking at all these things. But something that I realized as I was preparing this um, and if I want to wait well and to stay there, that I needed to share that with, with my community here so that you all can walk with me and remind me when I get down or when I'm struggling. That's like, remember the hope that God has out there. Whether or not he heals this again or not, I don't know. Um, the, the nine and a half years that I've had recently um, 
were, have been a game changer for me. So that's good. But, but it's always hard when we don't know what's coming. Um, but I do know this. And sometimes you are going to have to remind me of this. That the hope that he offers us is huge. Um, the passage, and, the, and this isn't lost on me. I'm, as, in, clo in closing, I am going to read a passage this, that, that last verse from the Romans passage that we read today um, is a passage that has been the theme of my um, chaplain ministry at Good Samaritan Hospital. I have it up on my wall in my office. And this is what I want to offer to all of us here in this room and our community. May the God of hope fill you, fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for being with us online in the sermon podcast. To find out more about Holy Trinity Silicon Valley, head to www.holytrinity.com dot holy trinity sv dot org